0: Viewpoint
1: Welcome to Viewpoint, where we talk about current affairs and news that are of interest or importance to you. China's President Xi Jinping and his US counterpart, President Joe Biden, sat down for the first bilateral discussion between the leaders in 12 months. My guest today is Albert Wai, Deputy Foreign Editor at The Straits Times. Thanks for joining me, Albert. So this meeting has been a long-awaited one. It was a meeting one year in the making. The setting was not unlike their last encounter, which was also on the sidelines of another global meeting. I read that they met just outside of San Francisco in a peaceful and idyllic country estate. They shared a lunch with top advisors and even strolled the grounds of the luxury estate in addition to having those formal talks, of course. Are we finally seeing a thaw in relations, Albert? I
0: very optimistic so I'm going to have to answer yes on this I think overall it was quite a good outcome and I think diplomacy had, had a good moment as, as some would say and it was a carefully choreographed kind of event make, make no mistake about it but mm-hmm. I think based on what we've seen so far it, there's some good personal chemistry uh, between the two leaders and uh, I particularly like the picture of them strolling in, in the garden as mm-hmm, you said and mm-hmm. um, it, it just goes to show that um, things may not be as bad as some have uh, previously thought. I think after the spy balloon incident earlier this year, mm-hmm. there was sort of like a, a problematic patch in, in bilateral relations and there were some gaps. And I think from today, they have, these gaps have been plucked, you know. So Biden and Xi agreed to open a phone hotline between the two of them, a personal hotline. I think that, that's important. If you want to manage sort of events that suddenly happen, you want to manage tensions, you want to talk personally, I think that's what the two leaders of uh, these superpowers really need to do.
1: That's right. Biden was saying that uh, they will keep the lines of communication open and President Xi is, quote-unquote, willing to pick up the phone, which is no small thing in the world of high-risk, high-stakes diplomacy between Washington and Beijing.
0: Yes, I think this is significant because... um, Hotlines on their own, they're not new, you know, you you can set up an official level kind of hotline, or even between the ministers, but to have a personal hotline between the two top leaders of the two most powerful countries in the world, I think that says a lot in terms of um, the the kind of commitment they have, and... um, the intention to forge more trust, which I think mm-hmm. generally is lacking in in the bilateral relationship point right now.
1: Mm. And uh, in another sign of warming ties, I think presidency also signaled that China is going to be sending new pandas to the US.
0: Yes, panda is an important tool for diplomacy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from the Chinese perspective. We we have pandas in Singapore as That's well, right. and generally, this um this is a signal that is very positive. Uh, it's a signal of friendship. I think it's going to be very well received by the Americans and uh, the international community will take note of it. Mm-hmm. Let's talk
1: about the the talks proper. Did we see any new agreements? In terms of
0: substance, I didn't expect new significant uh, agreements to be agreed suddenly because um, ultimately these are two countries that are on the path of divergence. You know, They, they compete and fundamentally there are many issues that they disagree with. But looking at what was announced, I think there's some good things that from America's perspective, uh, it will be welcome. For instance, this um, agreement that uh, China will help to stem the export of items related to fentanyl Mm -hmm. and uh, how both sides have agreed to discuss the risk posed by artificial intelligence. I think these are the things that America wants. And I think from America's perspective, it has kind of gotten something uh, sufficient of this uh, this high-level meeting between the two of them.
1: I understand that they are also talking about military-to-military communications.
0: Yes, um, I think this has been in, in the works for several months. I mean, the military-to-military communication was kind of put on hold after the spy balloon incident you remember mm-hmm, earlier mm-hmm. part of this year. Mm-hmm. And over the past few months, we've seen mm-hmm. signs that both sides are willing to sort of resume this conversation and uh, this, this, for me, was not something which was unexpected. But again, uh, very positive, uh, given the, the state of global affairs right now.
1: Of course, we'll definitely have to talk about Taiwan as well. It's something that they have never agreed on. What is your takeaway from what's been discussed?
0: Earlier, I was talking about takeaways and how the Americans have taken some things that they like. And I think Taiwan issue is, is something that China will take away from this meeting, because if you look at uh, what's been announced after the meetings, I think China drew a very clear red line when it came to the uh, Taiwan issue. So Biden agreed to maintain status quo, Mm -hmm. uh, while Xi said that China would respect Taiwan's electoral process. And he also said that China is not preparing for an invasion, which is something that has worried many of us in the region and maybe even uh, globally. So I, I think again for Taiwan, it's very positive in terms of the outcome and you um, have allayed some of the fears You know that, that there may be some kind of miscalculation in terms of this issue.
1: Okay, there are some other matters that uh, the two have also discussed in terms of lifting sanctions and changing export controls. President Xi is at this meeting which is also at a time of economic challenges back in China. So how far did he get to try and improve things on the trade front?
0: I think at this moment, there is not that much clarity in mm. terms of the trade front. Um, of course, there have been various reports about the state of China's economy. And a- again, there are counter voices coming out of China who say that actually things may not be uh, as bad as they seem Um But nonetheless, if you look at the general tone of the meeting, uh, I mean, we don't know what exactly they agreed on in terms of the the, the, deliverable, but I think there is some kind of signal that there is commitment to to at least look at these issues, which are actually... Uh, very important for China, just as the fentanyl issue is is important to Washington.
1: But the fact that they're having this sort of high-level meetings, it certainly would assure companies that have been hesitant to invest in China, I would think.
0: I think for these companies, I don't think they'll change their mind overnight. Uh, but but I think it, it would cause them to sort of like take another look, you know, and and see if there are opportunities, which is something the Chinese authorities have been saying as well. Come and take another look at us. You left China during the pandemic. Let's come and take another look and see what else you can do. Mm. I, I think the companies will be watching this very closely.
1: Beijing has always wanted to be treated as an equal by Washington in terms of um, where it stands on the global stage. So this time round, did they talk about the two devastating wars?
0: I think they did, but we don't have the details. But in terms of how Beijing sees its relationship with US, I think the tone has been warming generally. I think it, it was a very clear signal when... Chinese readout of the briefing, it says that um, the way China sees relationship with the US is that it is a case of simultaneous competition and collaboration. You know, this is slightly different from the tone of maybe some months ago when, when, when the talk was about how um, China's development should not be blocked or, or curtailed mm-hmm. by the West. So there's a slight change in tone that I see and, uh, and again, I think it's, it's positive.
1: Can you elaborate on that?
0: Uh because historically, um China has always seen itself as being disadvantaged because it started late mm. in, in, in its development drive and, and that's because of various um historical reasons. And these are these are baked into the way that China perceives the world. You know. So it it shapes um Chinese behavior to a huge extent. But if now they are framing it as let's compete, and then there are also pockets of space where we can cooperate, and, and, and that gives you a whole different range of um, responses and, and, and policy options, you know, from the Ch- perspective of the Chinese.
1: The relationship of these two leaders, I think they go way back, right? And President Biden often repeats the story of their meetings when they were both vice presidents. So this time round, it was President Xi's turn to reference their previous encounters. Um what do you make of that? In terms of, you know, how China is approaching this meeting at this time?
0: I think I I was rather surprised by this because when when I look at President Xi's style of diplomacy, the the soft touch doesn't come that naturally to him. I'm not saying that he, he has no soft touch or he does have that, but it may not come as naturally to him. So based on what he has said, um, and of course, if you add that together with what President Biden said, uh, again, I think they're trying to show the world that, um, you know, all this talk that we are competing and, and, and it's, things are so tense, maybe that isn't the entire picture. And, and between the two of us, there, there are things that we can talk about candidly, And there are ways that uh, we can find solutions together If there's a commitment uh, between us to do so, I think that's the the message that he he, is trying to show.
1: Mm. And of course, such talks usually are very formal and, you know, sometimes it can go either way and never personal. But this time round, it appears that Biden was trying to add that personal touch by wishing President Xi's wife a happy birthday in advance. I, I hear that they share the same birthday on November 20th.
0: Yes, that's right. Um, I, I think, like, like I've said earlier, it's, it's a concerted, uh, almost a concerted effort by the two of them to showcase the softer side, you know, and to to, to show that there is an aspect of personal chemistry um, between the two of them, despite the the, the differences that uh, the U.S. and China have in, in terms of bilateral relations. I would just finish off by saying the thing that struck me as very interesting was. I'm not sure if you watched the end of President Biden's um, press conference. He he referred to President Xi, and I quote: "He's a dictator. He, he's, <laughs> he's a guy who who runs a country that is a communist country." You know. So he he said that right at the end of his, his news uh, conference, right? His, his press conference, mm-hmm. and I I think this is the. It's quite likely to to irk the Chinese, <laughs> but it also serves as a timely reminder that you know that the world can now heave a. Uh, a sign of relief, you know. It's, clear ten, it's a clear signal from both of them that tensions are being de-escalated. But it would be naive for us to think that suddenly all, all the problems between China and US, <laughs> uh, you know, the relationship can be fixed. Uh, probably not because ultimately they are not moving, like I said, on on a path towards convergence.
1: All right. Thank you very much, Albert, for talking to me and sharing your viewpoint on this very significant and long awaited meeting between the presidents of China and the United States in San Francisco. Albert Y., Deputy Foreign Editor with the Straits Times.
0: Thank you. Viewpoint.